Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Chris Ford. I'm the prayer and care pastor here at Good News. Um, and I'm just going to tell you three things about me. I love Jesus with everything that's within me. That's, that's why I get up in the morning. That's, um, he's everything to me. I love my family. There's some of it. Some of them are in the sound booth. Some of them are in the helping in the kids ministry. I love my family. And I love all of you. Every Wednesday morning, I attempt to lead a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. I come with all these thoughts of things around the nation and around the globe that need to be prayed for. And I pray for you. I pray for you every Wednesday morning that you'd hunger and thirst for more of God. That's what I believe my greatest prayer is for the church today is that you'd want more. That place of more, you can never be satisfied because you want so much more of God. This morning, for the next several minutes, I'm planning on sharing on the subject of unanswered prayer. Several weeks ago, Pastor Jason asked me, and because he loves you so much, he asked me to share on the subject of unanswered prayer because there's so many people dealing with the pain of this, and he wants people to be set free. He wants them to know the truth of what God's word says. And I didn't say this to him initially, but later I did. I said, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can, I don't think I can teach on unanswered prayer. But here we are this morning. So uh, I'm going to share a lot of information. I have, um, there's notes on the website. If you go on, they'll be on there later today with the message. There'll be a lot of the notes, scripture references, stories that I'm going to share. I'm not going to share the whole story today, but if you want to read more. And there's also some information, uh, hard copies, if you like that, out at the info center. So um, let's pray. God, I'm desperate for you this morning. Holy Spirit, we, we need you in this place. Let this not be by might or power, but completely by your spirit this morning. God, we, I need, we need you to tabernacle over this place today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in and be the teacher and the comforter and the counselor and the guide that the word talks about that who you are. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and teach this morning. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and be the ears that listen this morning. God, we love you so much, and I thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name. Amen. A few weeks ago, um, this is my precious little granddaughter here. She's in the pink. She is the apple of Grandma's eye. She calls me Gigi. I love it. Gigi, Gigi. Anyway, she's got this little kitchen set, and uh, one day she had this little frying pan and a spoon, and she had a plastic strawberry in this pan and she is she's taking this spoon and she's she's trying to scoop this strawberry up and she's trying to scoop this strawberry up and she she kept trying and she kept trying and finally she threw the spatula down she picked up the strawberry threw that down and with the other hand she threw the pan down she was done i'm not doing that again and as I began to ponder what this morning would look like, what this message would look like, it was a very vivid picture to me that that may be how some of you feel about prayer, that you pray and you ask God and you feel like you do everything right. And yet you, God doesn't answer your prayer. He doesn't answer it in the timing that you thought it maybe would be answered or it wasn't in the way that you thought it would be. But I pray that that's not true about anyone in this place or it won't be true when you leave here this morning because 
God is a good God and he, he wants us to, to have communion with him. He wants us to talk with him. In the Bible, the word prayer is listed over 300 times, and that is not even including ask, seek, call upon. God is serious about he wants us to invite him into conversation with him. He wants us to invite him into every part of our lives. There's many times on a Wednesday night, we'll share stories about answered prayer. The Bible tells us in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. That just means do it again, God, do it again. But what do we do when those... How do we respond when we've prayed and we've prayed and we don't have that answer? What do we do with the loss or the waiting of what we've hoped for? We need to turn and build that good relationship with God, our father. I truly believe that God answers prayer. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't believe that. And I want to start with what I, what prayer is this morning. I guess I better point it this way. I want to point it this way so I can get it this way. Okay. Makes sense. Doesn't it? (laughs) Prayer is talking to God. It's our direct address to God. And it is the, it is the communication of human, of a human with the Lord who created the human. It's talking to God in a simple prayer is the primary way for a believer in Jesus Christ to communicate his emotions and his desires and to fellowship with God. That fellowship is koinonia, what pastor Jason has been talking about. It's having that true fellowship communion with the father. And that comes through the primary way to do that is through prayer. Prayer is about building relationship with God, the father through Jesus Christ in his spirit and prayer is talking to God, understanding his heart, his will, and his ways. The more you talk to God, the more you're going to understand his will and his ways. The more you're going to get to know him, the more you're going to Um, respond to his voice. There's so many different expressions of prayer. There can be prayer. That's intercession. That's praying on behalf of others. There's Thanksgiving. There's, um, there's praise and repentance and supplication and petition, adoration, worship. And there's even warfare type of prayer. I want to talk to you about what prayer is not. Prayer is not demanding something from God. It's not demanding God, God, I want you need to do this now. Don't pray prayers like that. Prayer is not prayer is not expecting God to be your genie in the bottle that you will get your three wishes. And prayer is not expecting God to be your personal butler or your ATM. Prayer brings us to that place of relationship with God, the father through Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. The more you pray, the more we come into an agreement with his will and his ways. I want to lay a foundation of truth this morning that God does answer prayer. Um, I I have 10 scriptures up here and I could probably put another 10. I'm just going to read two of of them to you this morning. First Samuel 127. This is Hannah. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. And uh, John 15, 7, and I believe this would be a great message all in itself. But if you remain in me, this is Jesus talking. If you remain in me. And my word remains in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. God answers prayer in a matter. As a matter of fact, I believe he invites us to, he wants us to bring him into every single decision, every single conversation with him. That's really building that fellowship and communion with God, the father unanswered prayer is a topic that we don't talk about very much at church. And there's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, nobody has the answer for every unanswered prayer. 
We've got a really filter unanswered prayer through Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And I apologize, I don't have that on the screen this morning. But it's my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your ways. That is how we've got to filter unanswered prayer. We live in this digital age where we want an answer all of the time. We want to pick up and say, Siri, why did God not answer my prayer? And we don't get the answer, do we? Because there's simply sometimes no answer to why we, we don't get our prayer answered. But there are some biblical reasons for unanswered prayer. Here's a few of them here. This is not an exhaustive list. Again, everything is lit. We've got them on the website or there's hard copies out at the info center. Um, there's the lack of the knowledge of God's will. There's unforgiveness. This is so big in the church. I wish I could say that it wasn't, but I meet with people on a regular basis. Unforgiveness is probably one of the biggest um, stumbling blocks that we have to keep us from getting our prayers answered, to keep us from walking in faith, to keep us from even being healed at times. Selfish motives, doubt and unbelief. God warns husbands. I said in the first husband, honey, you better listen to that. I've got a great husband. So, but anyway, God warns husbands. <laughs> he, amen. Disobedience, pride, and shutting our ears to the poor. Those are all reasons for there's also this offense. There's the lack of faith. There's so many more than just that, but those are, I don't, I'm not going to go into all that today. Uh, I just want to say, we've also got to look at the element of the enemy. The Bible says the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. The, de- the Bible also says in John 10, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. Daniel chapter 10, we see that the answer to Daniel's prayer was held up by the prince of Persia. And that, that is, that's really Satan in it, or one of his demons holding up the answer to our prayer. How many times do we pray? We don't get the answer. We give up and we're mad at God. God gets blamed for maybe what the enemy has held up. We need to learn how to warfare. We need to, the old word that they used to say is pray things through. We've got to learn not to give up and to pray and, and to pray through maybe you have to warfare prayer have a warfare type of prayer maybe you need the kind of prayer that we you exercise your spiritual authority many times we don't know what all of that is about i just want to give you a couple of scriptures on spiritual authority luke 10 19 it's one of my favorites i'm used to the new king james but i'm reading in the new living translation this morning look i have given you authority over all the power of the enemy let me just say that again this is jesus I have given you, I've given every one of you in this room, the power and the authority over the enemy, all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, to be like God. They will reign. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock and the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry on the ground. We need to begin to understand what our spiritual authority is. We need to understand our, our authority in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to give you a few tools that I, I feel like are some of my absolute favorites. I've used this book. I've given away probably 10 copies of this book and I, I I'm exaggerating on the lenient side. Um, it's praying with authority and power by Barbara Potts. Several missions trips that I've gone on, I've made sure that my team has used this book ahead of time to really understand what spiritual warfare is and really understanding our authority in Jesus' name. 
the next one is the courts of heaven by Robert Henderson. This comes in a book, a DVD series, or you can even watch some of it on YouTube. Great understanding to what our legal rights are, the schemes of the enemy, um, and, and what the courts of heaven are really all about. Powerful, powerful tool. And lastly, oh, I pointed it the wrong way and it still went. Ha. Huh. Um, Finding victory when healing doesn't happen. It's by Randy Clark. Um, those of you who know who Randy Clark is, they, um, his ministry primary deal, primarily deals with healing in the supernatural. Great book. Um, we also have the Transformation Prayer Small Group. If you feel like you're struggling, you really don't know how to pray, that would be great for you. I believe it's we should have that twice a year. There's a uh, Transformation Small Group coming up in September. It has to do with um, praying... Um, Understanding your authority and spiritual warfare. I believe it starts the 22nd of September. Uh, if you want another thing that, to help you learn how to pray, get around people that pray. We pray at 6 a.m., noon, 6.30 p.m. every day around here. So help yourself out. And if you feel like you need help, those are many tools to help you. My hope this morning is that we will learn to live on the other side of unanswered prayer. Um, as a church, we need to learn to appropriately respond when prayer is not answered. It's okay to ask why. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to tell God exactly how you feel, but it's not okay to stay there. We are to live a victorious life in Jesus. And we're going to share some stories here this morning about living on the other side of unanswered prayer. Many times when somebody has suffered a loss or an unanswered prayer, they can pull away and they, they start questioning God. And that's where God needs us as the church, that power of us, that culture of us that Pastor Jason has talked about. We need, our people need to learn to live, live better instead of getting bitter by an un, un, unanswered prayer. We need, be, we need to be better for the kingdom of God. We need to be better for ourselves. We need to be better for our families. We can't stay in a place of being devastated, unbelief, or angry at God because we haven't gotten our prayers answered. We, as believers, we need to learn how to respond to one another about unanswered prayer. If you know somebody, they've, they've gone through a loss or, or something's happened in their home, inevitably somebody will say something like, well, you just didn't have enough faith. Well, let me tell you, faith is, we, we do need faith to have our prayers answered. But Luke 17, six tells us we need the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. If I took my pen, a pencil, and I dotted it on the piece of paper, just like that, that's the size of a mustard seed, the smallest seed. So that's absolutely not true. And we hurt one another when we say things like that, we need to learn how to respond. We need to re learn how to love one another. And we need to learn how to walk people through that have, that are suffering from unanswered prayer. I want to start. Um, let, me, let me give you a, 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 this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's second Corinthians one, three, and four. This is how the word says to respond. This is what Jesus does for us. All praise to God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. God, our merciful father and the source of all comfort, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. That's so important. He comforts us in all of our troubles, all of our troubles. It doesn't say some of our troubles. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. 
I want to give some examples of people in the Bible and then um, people here at Good News that have, that have endured and lived on the other side of unanswered prayer. I couldn't even begin to start this without naming Jesus, the one he's our greatest example of someone asking the father to answer his prayer. And he didn't get the answer because it was all for the purpose of our redemption. If he didn't go through the go to the cross, we wouldn't be here this morning. Luke twenty two forty two. This is Jesus. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. God couldn't answer his prayer, but he but Jesus was heard. I want to read Matthew 27, 46, and this is the B part of it. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I know there's many of you at, when you're going through, you've prayed and you've believed and you feel like God's silent. You haven't been able to hear the voice of God. Jesus knows because he couldn't hear the voice of God either. He understands what you're going through. Jesus responded with faith Faith in God's plans and his purposes. He didn't, he didn't waver. He moved on. He did what he, God was calling him to do. How do we respond? How do we respond to unanswered prayer? Do we respond with wholehearted devotion as Jesus did? Or do we get bitter and angry? Let's look at a few more examples. The Apostle Paul, he was a man that was so devoted to Jesus Christ. Um, and 2 Corinthians 11 and 12, if you want to read those later, again, it would be great things to read. Paul was five times. He was beaten with 39 stripes for the gospel. He was beaten three times with rods. He was shipwrecked three times. He was stoned once. He faced danger from rivers, robbers, and his own people. He worked long and hard and sleepless nights, hungry, thirsty, shivered in the cold. Yet his only boast was in the Lord. Paul also, we we know that he wrote probably about two-thirds of the New Testament, planted many of the New Testament church. He was the apostle of all apostles. And yet, when he asked the Lord to take this thorn from my flesh, he asked the Lord three times, and the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul didn't, he didn't get bitter. He continued on. He endured on because he loved his great love for Jesus. I'm going to give you a few more here. This is Maria Woodworth Etter. And again, these stories are all on the website. Um, you may, Maria Woodworth Etter, we know her as a, a woman of great faith. She was one of the founders of the Assemblies of God in the early 1900s. She was known, she was one of the greatest female evangelists that ever lived. Thousands of souls, thousands of healings, miraculous signs and wonders were done through this woman. What we, most of us don't know is that she lost five children before she stepped into ministry. Her husband and her family and her church were adamantly against her to the point of persecution because she was a woman in ministry. She didn't let anything hinder her. She didn't get bitter from the loss of her children. She moved on into the destiny that the Lord had for her. You may know this next one. He he may have served you communion or opened the door for you, or you might have been at a prayer meeting where he's led prayer. This is Gary Peterson. Gary prayed for his wife, Alice, for years to be healed. He made declarations. He prayed, but he didn't see that healing here on earth. December 21st of 2018, she went home to be with Jesus. Gary, um, Gary wrote, I have seen and felt God's love in so many ways. He has answered many prayers at times different than I thought was the right way, but I trust him. Today, Gary is preparing to co-lead grief share And he's also been ministering to four of his neighbors. He's comforting his neighbors with the same comfort that he was comforted with. 
Jan Reese. Jan prayed for her husband, Robert, for years to be healed. In a season where it seemed like everything was going very well, she heard a thud on the floor and she went upstairs and Robert had gone home to be with Jesus. She was completely shocked by the situation, completely unexpected. When I was at the hospital with her that morning, she said, I'm happy for him, but it stinks for me. I've repeated that phrase many times. Jan said, I didn't want my kids and my grands to lose grandpa and grandma. So I had to make a choice to engage with the living and live today. I made a choice that I would be whole and continue to serve him. And then I made steps in that direction. Today, Jan ministers to so many with the love of God. She leads our grief share ministry and she's reaching out to other parts of the community, helping people to, to be healed out of their pain and their loss. Jan didn't get bitter. She got better and God's using her mightily for his kingdom. John and Sharon Atwell, John and Sharon lost their infant son, Benjamin to SIDS. Sharon said at Benjamin's departure, though you slay me yet, I will praise you. Those of you who know Sharon know her deep joy for the Lord and for others and how she has continued to praise the Lord. John and Sharon have spent years helping people through the SIDS foundation they have loved people in their loss and their pain. They have, truly, they have truly comforted those with the same comfort that they had received from Jesus. Nick and Cassie Mayo. They struggled with a heartache of infertility for 12 years. Then they finally conceived their daughter Eloise through IVF. They got pregnant two more times but lost both of those children. They said those were some of their darkest days. But during that season, God began to show them others that were going through the same thing. And, and Nick and Cassie were able, to, were able to help them and minister the love of God to them. God opened a door for um, Cassie to uh, be the president of Conceive Nebraska now. And she's really just really helping people through these seasons. They wrote this, through all of this, we can, we can say we have always, he has always been there fighting for us, providing opportunities to show others his love and paving the way to use us for ministry. This next one is Pat and Jerry Keller, their daughter, Jill, who was one of the, who was the one child that had the deepest and serious conscience about sin. Every time Jill did something wrong, she would tell on herself. When Jill got to be an adult, she found herself in trouble with the law and was facing federal prison time. What Pat and Jerry did during that season is they surrounded themselves with people who prayed and they made themselves very, very available to everyone that was going through any type of season of hardship. And they helped lead people um, with prayer and faith, even when they didn't see the answer for their own daughter. Pat and Jerry both are, they, she, Pat leads praying moms today. They really, they pray for children and, the ch and especially children that are away from the Lord. They minister to through the teen, through teen challenge. And they also um, help with prison ministry. And they just really a lot of one-on-one -on -one ministry. Pat and Jerry came out of this on the other side, not bitter, but full of faith in Jesus Christ. And you might recognize this last this last face. Yes, this is Pastor Chris and her husband Clyde. And yes, we went through a long season of unanswered prayer. And actually, interestingly enough, Pat and Jerry, when we, this started happening in our lives, they ran right to us and they held our arms up and they comforted us with the same comfort that they had. 
About 12 years ago, our nearly perfect daughter decided she didn't want to be perfect anymore. She didn't like the label of good girl. And it was so, it was very hard for her father and I to really comprehend what this all meant. I'll be honest, I was devastated. I thought I knew how to pray. I didn't know anything. I spent a lot of, I spent more time crying and worrying about myself than I did really standing up and fighting the good fight. There was a Sunday morning about two years into all this. I was sitting right up here at the back row in the back row of the balcony. And I, I was, I was filled with pain. I was broken. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but cry. And I sat there and the Lord said, stand and praise me. And I thought, are you kidding me? Do you know how I feel? And, uh, anyway, I sat there and I contemplated, but I'm an obedience person. So I stood and out of my mouth began to sing praises to the Lord. I don't, I don't know other than being supernatural, how that all happened during those moments. Um, for some reason, there was a spontaneous altar call during, during worship that morning. And it, it was, it, it was to be prayed for. And I thought I need prayer. And then I thought, no, what will people think if I go down there and get prayer? I'm supposed to be the prayer director later, the prayer pastor. How could I, I, I had to get over my pride. I scooted down here, right down here on the end. I came down. I thought I'm going to get prayer this morning. I get down here and the altar was filled and there was nobody left to pray for me. So I ended up praying for a mom that needed double what I did. But I'm going to tell you, just because nobody prayed for me, it doesn't mean anything. God met me. He met me in such a supernatural way that morning. I was truly transformed by the presence of God. I learned from that moment how to worship in the presence of my enemies. I learned from that moment how to praise him in the midst of the storm. For me, it wasn't just a song anymore. Ten years later, my daughter returned to the Lord. Actually, it was 12 years altogether. That's not how I would have. Things are not how I would have wrote my family's story. But God is so faithful and he's so good. And he knows everything that you need. He knows what it's going to take for her to return back to the family and return back to the Lord. Today, I have got, and you saw her over here, my precious little granddaughter, Scarlett. She is my double. She's our double portion blessing. The Bible tells us that in Isaiah 60, 61, 7, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land. And I'll say, therefore in the Ford household, and you can put your name there. They shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Joyce Meyer would say double for your trouble. You know, I, I thought I knew how to pray before all of this. I didn't know anything. I thought, I, I thought I knew how to love people, but I've really learned how to love people. And, and I've really learned how to love the lost through all of this. I really learned how to, how to wield the sword of God's word through all of this and understand my authority in Jesus name. I'm not excited about what we went through, but I'm excited of who I am on this side. I, we'd made the choice. We weren't going to get bitter. We were going to become powerful in the Lord. We're still waiting on the answered prayer for our son. He's, he's mentioned it before in a transition that he's had uh, some. He's, he's been suffering from an illness that could be crippling to him. But I know God is good. I know God is faithful. I know him today as a faithful and true God. And he's going to carry me through every single thing. And I pray that for each one of you today as well. Unanswered prayer is painful. There's no doubt about it. It's painful. But, but God is never meant for evil to come to any one of us. He is never, he's a good God and he loves you and he loves me.
God, for God so loved us that he gave his son that we could be with him for all of eternity. That is a good God. That is a good father. Prayer is really all about building relationship with God. It's not getting all of your, getting all of your needs met. It's not getting all of your answers, but it's building that loving, trusting, faithful relationship with one true God. If you're, if you're someone that's, you're dealing with unanswered prayer this morning, you're having those questions, why, or you're frustrated or God, I don't understand. I want to give you, um, four quick tools here to help you through this. Well, that's not it. Okay. I'm going to go back to, you know, they shouldn't let me use these kind of things. Okay. There you go. Well, there you go. Help me, Jesus. There we go. There we go. Okay. The first one is make a choice. I am moving forward. I cannot stay in this place anymore. That doesn't mean you're forgetting about your loved one that may have been lost. It doesn't mean that you're okay with a situation that's going on. And it doesn't mean I'm just giving up and I'm not praying anymore. It's making a choice. As Jan Reese said, I'm making a choice to live among the living today. You're making a choice. I'm going to become better. I'm not going to stay in a bitter place. The second one is don't try to go through this by yourself. Remember 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. There are those, there are others there to comfort you with the same comfort that they have received. Again, it's, it's the culture of us that pastor Jason's been talking about. We need each other and we need to learn how to love each other. I'll just give you a little piece of something Pat and Jerry shared with me. Find somebody that's gone through it and gone through it successfully. Something similar to your situation. Inevitably you'll find somebody that wants to help you and they'll, they'll say something really stupid and you'll pull back again and you'll say, Oh my goodness, find somebody that's walked through it successfully. Um, the third one, learn to worship in the presence of your enemies. Just like I stood up there and I began to worship the Lord. I began to sing praises to the Lord Make it a Psalm 23, six moment. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. That's the place of true worship. That's the place of a fragrant sacrifice. When the fire, when the fire's hot and you're in pain and yet you're praising the Lord anyway, that's when it's a true offering of worship onto the Lord. There was times that I would have to, when I'd have a thought, a painful thought, I'd say, God, I bless your name. God, I thank you that you are good. I stand upon your promises and I just worship him. Even when I was going through my own trials and lastly, learn to stand on the truth of God's word and say, I trust you, Lord, just like Gary did. I trust you, Lord. You may have to say that I trust you, Lord, over and over and over again. I did. You may have to say it two to three times a minute. And then you'd have to begin to, as you're trusting the Lord, begin to declare out the promises of God. God, I believe you at your word. I believe that all things are possible to those who believe. God, I thank you that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. God, I thank you that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved, me and my household. God, I thank you that yeah, if I train up a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. These are just four simple tools. Again, those are on the website to or on that list if you want to pick it up at the info center. I want to invite the worship team to come. I must be ahead of schedule. How can that be? Anyway, I might have missed a few pages. But if the if a worship team would come, and I'm going to invite you guys to stand. 
I just wonder if there's anything that I may have said this morning that may have stirred you or provoked you. And you're thinking inside, I, I need to make that choice. I've had unanswered prayer and I've been upset with God. I've asked why. I've been angry. I've cried. Things aren't the way I thought they would be. But I'm ready to make the choice that I don't want to live in this place anymore. I've got to be better instead of bitter. I know that there's some here this morning. I know it by the spirit and I know it in the natural. I know that there's people here this morning that you, you've got troubled marriages. You've suffered for years and you've waited for your spouse to be saved. I know there's people here this morning that your kids are in the hospital and you've not seen the answer to prayer. I know that there's emptiness and loneliness that's going on and you don't understand why that void's never been filled. I know there are some here this morning that you've had a medical diagnosis and you're like, you say, God, why, why, why my family? Why me? Maybe it's been a mental health illness diagnosis. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's financial or there's so much more. I want you to filter that through Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God, we trust you. I'm just going to say the mama side of me wants to fix this for all of you. And I would if I could. I want to come and fix it. But the only thing I can do is give you steps and give you an invitation. For me, I sat up in the balcony when the altar call was made. And I had to get over my pride of what if somebody would know. But this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. There's healing and transformation at the altar. I know you're here this morning. If you've made that decision, I want to, I want to move past my pain of unanswered prayer. I would invite you to come. You don't have to wait. I invite you to come. Come if you want to move forward and leave the past behind. Come if you're making that choice. Come if you want to try, if you want to renew your trust in the Lord again. Maybe that's been wavered because of unanswered prayer. Come if you want someone to pray with you and still believe for your prayer to be answered. Altar workers, you can come now as well. We prayed that, we sang that song about move. God still moves mountains. God still heals the sick. God still raises the dead. We're still going to believe for that kind of healing in this place this morning. I'm just going to share the truth of Psalm 139 for you this morning. God knows everything about you. He knows you're lying down. He knows you're rising up. He is familiar with all of your ways and he knows your thoughts from afar off. He knows your thoughts way up in heaven this morning. And if you're saying, I need, I need healing. He's here to meet you this morning. The last slide I have for you is maybe you want to remember this this morning. This is an I believe, but help my unbelief moment. God is here. He's here to minister to you. He's here to bring healing to you this morning. So we're going to take some time to worship and then we'll close.